Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hello and welcome to another episode of Attacking Third, a CBS Sports soccer podcast. I'm Sandra Herrera, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports. Joined today as always by my colleague and co-host, Lisa Roman, NWSL analyst and broadcaster. On today's episode, we have a special interview episode for everyone. But a quick reminder to follow us on Twitter at Attacking Third. Plus, you can head on over to our YouTube page and hit subscribe to youtube.com slash Attacking Third. Today, we're joined by Angel City FC head coach Freya Coom. First time on the show, so welcome. We're so excited to have you today. Thanks so much. Thank you for the invitation. Well, congratulations, I think, is in order first, right? First on the, the new head coaching gig, right? Making it through the trade window, making it through expansion draft, making it through NWSL draft. It's been a very busy time for you and Angel City FC. How how, how are you feeling and, and where are you joining us from? Maybe to let people know how you could be feeling at this moment. <laughs> yeah, I was just explaining that I'm feeling a little bit jet lagged. Uh, I've just arrived in London uh, after flying out from Los Angeles at some point yesterday, but I, I've kind of lost on the hours. Um, so a little tired, and that maybe explains the kind of week that we've had. But at the same time, just really excited. Um, as I put out yesterday as a as a little Instagram message, it's like we have players now. It's like, yes, it's like finally we have a team, um, and, you know, and a decent amount of players. And what's been really great is the reception that the players that we really believe in that are going to be able to take this club forward, um, that the fans have, have been really behind as well. So that, that part's been really exciting. Very, very busy week and a busy time for you, uh, Freya. And as you mentioned, that roster, it's its coming together. And before we dive into it all, as Sandra mentioned, this is your first time on Attacking Third, so we have to welcome you. But we also have to take it back a little bit. So when this expansion club was announced in Los Angeles, coming to the NWSL, and these conversations started between Angel City and, and you about the head coaching position, um, there were conversations, there were decisions, and now here you are head coach of this new club what really drew you to Angel City yeah I you know obviously it was very hard to leave Gotham and that was a decision that was really tough to take because I think you know the club was really growing and just the trajectory has completely changed since the rebrand and continues to again keep that upward trajectory going with great trades and really good intentions from sort of the new leadership from Yael um, in there and, and obviously Scott as well. Um, so, you know, they're doing, you know, at, at, as they would do and as we got sort of told about it, doing a great job. So that was like very difficult. But what drew me to Angel City was everything that they were doing in the community that was outside of the field. Like we knew that they were going to be a, a force to be reckoned with on the field. But, 
it was really all the investment that they were putting into the community, like having their own street team that go out into the community, work with the community, constantly looking to, uh, you know, help on initiatives, drive initiatives within the community base. And that spoke volumes to me and especially my background of working in, uh, you know, that's where I started football in the community, working in youth sport, then going into the academy. So I knew that to have this growing fan base and this this crazy amount of fans that we've got at Angel City, and that's largely due to the work and the initiatives and the support that's gone into the community. So for me, that part was just so attractive and so great. Um, and then just the, the mission that they're on in terms of having that impact in not only women's sports, but I think the bigger picture um, across the world about the role of women in society. So that that was really exciting for me to be a part of that journey. Let's let's maybe stay with that energy a little bit because Angel City is really s- sort of showing itself and introducing itself as as more than just a football club, right? It's it's a brand, it's a culture. It's it's really becoming an entity in the city of Los Angeles and when when you look at building this club, building out the roster, uh knowing all of that already about the club the reputation that they're trying to establish. What are some of the top things that you're looking for as the head coach to continue to build the foundation of the roster? Yeah. So I think sort of there's, there's the on the field in terms of what I want from each player in terms of their position and how they're going to perform. But what's becoming so obvious is every time you chat to these players that are coming in and that we've signed, they're so excited to be part of the community work. So that's a huge part of what we're actually looking for too, is these players that are going to come in, going to integrate, going to do work in the community. Like speaking to Danny Weatherholt um, after we signed her, she's so excited to get back to California and then to be involved in the community. Like Jasmine Spencer, the same thing. Like she's just ready to get going in, you know, in immersing herself in, in the initiatives that we're doing. And what's great about the club is because they of the structure that they've got in place, like these players can also bring their own initiatives um, that we can then support them on. So it's not just the players helping with the club's ones. It's, you know, it's a reciprocal relationship, which I think is really important. So having those players that want to get in amongst the community, representing LA and knowing what it means to the club uh, and the community to have the club there, but also to the club to have that performance is kind of all intertwined. So I think that's huge. You mentioned uh, specifically Danny Weatherholt coming back to California. That is a theme, honestly, uh, throughout your roster. Going back before the NWSL draft, even before the expansion draft, a lot of different trades happening where you started acquiring players, Christian Press, Julie Ertz, Sarah Gordon, uh, Simone Charlie, a number of players. And with these players coming in into your team, how do they kind of set the tone for the roster that you're building? Yeah, I think, you know, we've got a real mixture. All of those players, I think, send, you know, a message about the impact that we want to have in terms of our playing and our performance because all fantastic players that, you know, are really going to put on a great performance and and be able to compete uh, within the league. But all players that have got some sort of tie to to the area or a desire to be in the area because it's closer to, to home. So I think there's that element which really we want to be a place where everyone wants to be. And we've had a ton of conversations during the the trade windows and during the drafts about, you know, bringing players in. And we always ask them, do you, you know, do you want to be here? And that's, that's really important. Or do you want to be wherever the trade may take them? And if the answer is no, the answer is no. And there's, there's no more moving for us. 
Um, you know, there's no more pursuant of that asset or that player. So I think building around top players with great attitudes that really want to be in the community is is our place to go. So looking at that trade window, then heading into the expansion draft, obviously the the chaotic trade window, it altered what the expansion draft was going to look like uh, a little bit. And some would say it altered it in maybe a, a, a negative way. I think it altered it in a, a more fun kind of way. I think it's very important to sort of hear a team like Angel City talk about sort of leading with that, talking about leading with having those conversations with the player and sort of gauging the temperature of the desire to want to be part of the club and and, and play in Los Angeles with, with you all. And in terms of altering maybe sort of how the expansion draft was going to shape out for you all with only having perhaps a handful of clubs to select from, but did that maybe alter sort of um, – the targets, right? That's the players that you were hoping to get on to your team because you made a, a really excellent pick. I, I, in our opinions, I think of her choosing the midfielder and, and Denny Weatherhold and then going with, with forwards like uh, with Spencer and Esmail and, and Nielsen in, in the defensive position. So in terms of the players that you actually selected to sort of flesh out the roster, did you know uh, or did you feel like the trades ahead of that in the window maybe – impacted things a little bit or, or not at all heading into the expected draft? Yeah, I think a big part of what we wanted to do was given that there were two teams, you know, in expansion with us in San Diego, we wanted to control as much of it as we could. So obviously, if you know, you know, leaving it to the day of the expansion itself, and then you've got two teams picking off everyone's roster, it was going to be uh, a little bit chaotic. And I think there's less opportunity to really have that sort of guarantee of getting the players that you wanted so our first port of call was to go and and try to trade um to try and get the players that we wanted and come to an agreement of clubs where it was in the best interests of all three parties so each club that was involved in the transaction and the player themselves so you know we tried to do that where possible and where we knew that players wanted to come to us or we were helping them get home you know, we, we took that route as well as it fitting our needs because obviously our playing needs are going to, you know, become uh, going to be really important, not just, you know, helping to accommodate those players. Um, but so that was a big factor in getting those trades done and not leaving everything to chance. Um, and it was funny sort of watching and listening to the expansion draft broadcast as it went out and they're like, you know, I can't believe this player's dropped dropped to seventh and things like that. And it's like, well, there's no dropping because there was only really two rosters that we were both competing for. And all the others, it was either one or the other had trade immunity on, um, you know, and it maybe wasn't official at that time. But that's why, you know, those passes came into play. Um, and we had, you know, some prior knowledge of that. So really there was two rosters. It was Rain and Houston that we were both picking a player off. Um, and we kind of felt quite comfortable where we knew that they were going to go with the Houston roster. So it was like, okay, so we're really competing with Rain. We're in the driving seat. So let's take Rain first. And that informed our, you know, our picking order. Uh, and we were fortunate we got everyone that we wanted to get. So we're, we're really pleased with that. I mean, hindsight's always twenty twenty, especially in that sense. I mean, as media watching it, we were like, what's happening? But uh, of course, after the trades and all the information comes out, it always makes a lot more sense then. Um, so after the expansion draft and all of the trades, your roster was really shaping up. Um, you have a lot of names already for you heading into the NWSL draft and, and taking your pick of college players. So knowing that the expansion draft and the NWSL draft were just two days apart, um, 
what parts of your roster heading into the NWSL draft were you still looking to beef up? Was it finding specific specific personnel position-wise or looking to just add depth at positions? Yeah, so a big thing for us is we were really comfortable with the players that we've got where we think, you know, these players are going to have that impact straight away and looking to be our starters within the league. And I think from the uh, from the um, NWSL draft, it was like, okay, let's bring in some players that maybe aren't ready to go straight away, but we know that they have a really high ceiling and we see a lot in them for the future. You know, because it, it's, it's great to build a squad and have 24 to 26 players that can all start and all go. But at the same time, you know, there's only 11 playing on, at one point. So let's think about our longevity. Let's think about depth. Let's think about how we can trade in and train in some of these, you know, younger players or less experienced players at the same time. So for us, it was about, you know, coverage in some positions, getting players that maybe are a year or two away from really being that impactful starter, you know, that you're having, but knowing that they've got that ceiling, they've got qualities where they're going to be an absolute star in the league, but maybe need time. And some may take more time than others, but we're okay with having that depth in in the different positions. But I think going into it, we knew we needed some left-footed players, um, you know, being able to pick up Claire Emsley, who's been playing on the left, but is more of a righty. It's like, okay, let's get some some natural lefties in there. So Hope Breslin was was a great addition for us there, being a being a lefty um, and having that versatility to play, whether it's in centre midfield or pushing her out a little bit wider, um, which was great. Um, so we knew we had targets, but just coming in and getting really good people. Uh, been really impressed with Lily Nabet, obviously being a local player too. You know, we wanted to have players that know about California, you know, know about the community. We're able to come out and represent the community and obviously a top talent at the same time. Well, you mentioned a little bit about Hope Breslin, uh, Lily Nabet. Uh, going through the draft, also selecting Muriel Taylor. These are all young, new, promising players uh, with a, a brand new young expansion side. What are maybe one or two top things you want to try to get out of those uh, players within this this first year in the league? Maybe specifically Taylor, since you haven't uh, touched on her quite yet. Yeah, so Miri is obviously, you know, played in the Champions League with Chelsea already and, you know, has come through and has got a great pedigree of being at both Chelsea and Arsenal. And actually our assistant coach, Rob, has actually worked with her before at Chelsea, so knows the type of person, personality, technical uh, ability of her, as well as, you know, us being able to scout her as part of this process. So I think with the players, you know, another thing that we're really looking for is who can come in and make the environment better. So, you know, they're coming in and going to want to, you know, challenge for, you know, time on the field in their first season. But we're really looking at those technical players that can help create a good environment uh, and make the environment better for everyone. So, you know, I feel really happy that these three are going to come in and they're, they're all technical players, all really good in possession, all really good on the ball. And are going to be able to help, you know, maintain the level of the training environment as well as growing and learning from the likes of the players that you, you mentioned earlier in terms of, you know, a Juliet or Kristen Press, Sarah Gordon, you know, those players that have got that top experience in the league. 
Freya, it's it's been a long time coming. You did the trades, you did the expansion draft, then the NWSL draft, and you have a roster ahead of you. You have names on a piece of paper. Look at that celebration. I know, we've got a team. We've got a team. <laughs> you, you have a team. You have names that you can look at, players that you can maybe start getting out the, the whiteboards, moving players around. So I have to ask formation, style of plays, anything really jumping out when you look at these names uh, on your team? Yeah, the bi- the biggest one for us is, you know, chatting with any our sporting director and, you know, what plan we're going to put in place is the biggest message all the way through is being tactical versatility, uh, you know, and being able to be fle- flexible when we're putting out a field you know, putting out a team on the field. So being able to play different formations, being able to, you know, be really flexible with who's playing in those positions within that formation as well, because each player that we've kind of picked up are, you know, more than capable of playing in a number of different positions on the field. And I think that's what's going to make us really exciting because, you know, going into each game each week, you know, we might not know who's going to be playing and who's going to be starting in in what position. So we can look at how they're performing in that moment, you know, the chemistry between players on the field, the opposition that we're going to face that week and the matchups. And I think that's going to be incredibly exciting uh, going forward. So, you know, there's that element, but also I'm not going to give too much away right now, right? You've got to have that element of surprise as people are going, what are they going to do next year? Okay, that's that's fair. You're not going to get too in too far into the X's and O's. I respect <laughs> it. I respect it. But I mean, you, you, the team is still making uh, moves even post uh, the, the the trade windows that came after these events. You know, making a move first event of McCaskill, announcing the the uh, the, the signing of, of Vanessa Galay. So the roster is 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 fleshing out. I mean, is there? going to be more moves that are announced from this team you don't have to give it all away but maybe it's easier for the listeners and then the fans of angel city listening right now yeah definitely i think there's going to be another present that arrives before christmas um so i think that part's really exciting um and yeah i've still got another couple up our sleeve and i think these ones are, are going to be great I'm excited for it. Well, we always like to close out uh, interviews with with a bit of fun with all of our guests who join on here. And for you, Freya, you're coming during a big holiday week. So we're looking for a little bit of holiday fun with you to, to close out. So we've asked the players specifically on here. It's part of their like training regimens, like pre or post trainings, like if they've had a, like a favorite go to snack or a favorite meal to dive into. So for you with the holidays, being back home, is there a particular holiday treat or meal you just cannot wait to get your hands on oh so this is right i'm going to go a little bit into detail here so every year my family has what we call the dish so it's like this big plate that's that's absolutely massive and it's got lots of individual like segments um so you imagine like you filled your face with turkey and potatoes and everything all those sort of high carby you know all the all the trimmings just like a thanksgiving dinner but then we bring out the dish and the dish is full of candy and marshmallows and like english chocolate and everything and then you literally just lie you know with your belt buckle done and opened up a couple of notches and then it's just like right just snacking on these treats and the dish I love oh my God. I'm the most so, excited about the dish. So the dish comes after the meal, after you're already filled. Yeah. So you've had nice. meal, you've had dessert. And then we usually in our house we play like a game as a family and get, you know, from 
you know, the grandmas to the little kids all involved and, you know, something that everyone can play. And then the dish is out during the game and everyone's just grazing constantly. Oh, my on, God. I love that. For people who are... Baby. For people who aren't watching this on YouTube and only listening to the audio of this, the way Lisa and I just lit up as yeah. Freya was talking about the dish. <laughs> so, that sounds delightful. I love that. Okay, so I need to, I want in on this dish. I might need to come to England or something. So there's like marshmallows and English chocolate. And what, so what is your favorite in the dish? Oh, I, I like a marshmallow. Is it like, is like it layered? Caribou. Is it what, sorry? Is it layered? Like, is it a layer or is it just all mixed? No, it's like, it's the dish itself. It's got like different segments. So there's like a circular one in the middle. Oh. Like seven or eight around the outside. So each segment has got like a different sweet treat in. Mm. And then it's like, oh, the Maltesers come out. It's it's amazing. And then usually like as one segment gets emptied, then another like treat goes in that dish. Do you home make these? Or are these like store-bought things? Oh, store-bought. I'm in okay. control of it. Like, my sisters will sort out the rest of the Christmas <laughs> dinner. And, you know, I'm the one that flies in at last minute. It's like, what can I do to help? But everything's done. So it's like, oh, they get the dish. So, yeah. And it's – there's usually some, like, tangerines or some clementines or something in the middle trying to be healthy, but they yep. never go. <laughs> They're the last ones in the yeah, dish. You got to have one. balance, even if it's for show, I guess. Oh, I love it. Well, happy holidays to you and yours. Freya, we want to so see a picture of this dish. Can you like tweet out a picture? This we'll have to, holiday yeah. Yeah. We have to follow. We have to follow up on it. So I Attacking think people... third, I'm going to tweet at you. So you remember, Freya, because okay. I need to see this. I am in on this 100%. Yeah. We're right going to need a copy of the uh, photo of the dish and the progress of the dish. Like mm-hmm. we might need like phase one, phase two after after the game, see how it looks. I love it. Um, happy holidays to you, Freya, and your family. Happy holidays to everybody listening. I want to thank you once again, Coach, for joining us. Uh, reminder to all of our listeners to follow us on Attacking Third on Twitter. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere you listen to your podcast shows. You can leave us a five-star review on Spotify. And if you have any questions for us, you can actually leave us one with a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And Lisa and I will answer it as part of our mailbag segment. We're also available as video, so please subscribe to us on YouTube. This is youtube.com slash attackingthird. And we hope everybody has a happy holiday indeed. We will be back with more before you know it. For Sandra Herrera and Lisa Roman and Chris, this was Attacking